enjoyed. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. This really is uh, my favorite way to start a new week. And so it's going to be with you too to uh, uh, continue, really wrap up this teaching series that you've been in uh, called Money Talks. And I love that you're doing this series because let's face it, like finances are a major part of our lives. Uh, they can be one of the greatest stressors, but the good news is, hey, they don't have to be. And one of the simple things, like one of the simple reasons that I love what Jesus and different writers of scripture uh, taught about finances is simply this, that the principles work. So principles like having a wise plan and even saving for the future and avoiding uh, greed, right, and staying out of debt and generosity, like all the principles in scripture, they actually lead to what we want in our finances as well. So to get us uh, into what we're talking about today, uh, I'd love for us to just imagine a scenario for just a moment, okay? So go with me, and some of us, like, we won't have to imagine this because we've lived it or we are living it, and so just imagine this scenario. Let's say that you're going to move into, like, a new place, uh, a house, condo, whatever, and it's a place that you own. You with me so far? But let's also say this, that before you move into that place that you own, right, like your long-term living, let's say that you're going to be renting an apartment for one year. Now, here's what I know. If we were in that apartment for one year, there'd be some things, right, that we do to make it feel like home. So whether it's putting pictures on the walls or adding some of our decor, maybe uh, buying some furniture, painting a wall or two if the landlord lets us, right, like there'd be some things we do to make that temporary living situation feel like home. But I also know this, that in that one-year apartment, uh, we wouldn't put the money into like putting a new roof on that place. We wouldn't put the money into like fully renovating the kitchen or purchasing new hardwood floors or building an addition or whatever it is. Like if we had the money for those upgrades, uh, we'd save it, we'd use it for that long-term living situation. Now, if you own rental property, like you'd be all for a tenant paying for some of those upgrades, but even you know, right, nobody's going to make that kind of long-term investment into a living situation that is temporary. All right, why do I bring all that up? Well, when Jesus walked the earth, uh, he didn't use that exact example, but he did teach a similar principle as far as like riches in this world and living for the kingdom of God. We could say this, that that one-year apartment sort of represents this life, right? There's no problem. There's nothing wrong with having some things that we, like that we want, things we enjoy, there's nothing wrong with, with, with money or even trying to earn more. We'll talk about this today. Nothing wrong with saving for our future, saving for retirement. Okay, nothing. This life, there are things that matter, right? Nothing wrong with some of the hopes, some of the dreams, some of the goals that we have in this life. We just have to know this today, that the things of this life, they are what? They are temporary. That's why, like the clothes we're literally wearing today, one day will be hand-me-downs. <laughs> this breaks my heart to say, but one day my golf clubs will be sold for $20 at a garage sale. The car we're driving, one day it'll be sold for parts. I know some of you are thinking right now, so glad you're here, Pastor Mark. Thanks for the encouragement for all of this. Hey, it doesn't mean that any of those things are bad. They are just, they're just temporary. And that's why when Jesus walked the earth, he, he, he taught us not to put all of our focus and all of our time and all of our energy and all of our resources into things that won't last. Instead, he talked about a better way. And by the way, Redemption Church, like, what if Jesus was right? What if Jesus was right? And what I mean by that is like, what if uh, seeing and, 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 and living our lives, not just for the temporary, not just for the here, not just for that one-year apartment, but 
But living according to how he taught us, what if it actually made a difference in some of the stress we often carry in this area of our lives and some of the worry and some of the, the struggle? Like, what if that's actually true? Now, to get us started, I want us to see a, a passage of Scripture in which Jesus was, was talking about this. And there's a phrase in here that I want us to see together as we jump into this. So in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, he comes along and he, and he, and he teaches this. This is in what's called, often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus says this, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them, or rust destroys them, or where thieves break in and steal. In other words, the things that we often equate with wealth in this life, they are, as we've already said, it is temporary. One day they'll be sold online or at a garage sale or, or passed down. He continues, instead, store your, say this with me, store your treasures in heaven. Where moths, rust cannot destroy. Thieves don't break in and steal. And then he says this, for wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Wherever your treasure is, the desires of our heart, our devotion, it's going to follow that. That's why Jesus said in a different place, hey, you can't serve two masters, can't serve both God and money because one of them will have our devotion and the other will get the leftovers. So I want us to think about this phrase today that we just read together, right? That store up treasures in heaven. Like, what does that actually mean? And like, what does it matter for our lives? And practically, how do we live that out? Now, I realize with that phrase, like store up treasure in heaven, that could be a difficult phrase to get our minds around. Sounds a little intimidating. In fact, maybe some of us today would say, Pastor Mark, I'm just like, man, I... I'm barely keeping my head above water. Things are so chaotic in life right now. I mean, I barely made it to church today, or I barely logged on. Now I got to think about treasures in heaven. For others of us, maybe we've heard that phrase before. Like, we know it's supposed to matter, but let's just be real. Like, I'm guilty of this too. Life gets busy, it gets chaotic. And even with good intentions, like, I'd like to store up treasure in heaven, whatever that means, like, we, we just forget. It's so easy to just focus on the here and now, which does matter, by the way. Now, I want to be sure I'm clear as we talk about this today, as far as storing up treasure in heaven and what it means and what it doesn't mean. First off, like I've said this already, but to say it again, hey, there's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with earning money or even wanting to earn more. Like money is neutral. It's just a tool, right? It's the love of it. It's the obsession of it that steals our devotion. Nothing wrong with saving for the future. Nothing wrong with saving for retirement. In fact, scripture speaks to the wisdom of saving for the future. Scripture speaks to that. Nothing, nothing wrong with some of the things in this life. Again, we just have to understand that they are that they're temporary. And there's a better way. There's treasure in heaven that actually lasts. Okay, we're going to talk about just practically what that means. But again, Redemption Church, like what if, what if the way of Jesus and what he taught us to be about and to be focused on, like, what if it actually leads to what we want when it comes to whether our finances or even our time or energy and our gifts? What I want to do for the rest of our time is just unpack this a little bit. Because here's the good news, okay? Storing up treasure in heaven, I know it can sound intimidating. What does it actually look like, okay? The good news is it doesn't have to be intimidating. Hey, we can all do this. We're going to make this like very practical today and what this actually means. And I want to give us a couple of thoughts from God's word today as far as like storing up treasure in heaven, because we can all do this, not just the here and now, but for something 
that's going to last longer. A couple of different thoughts, and, and I think it really starts here. Here's the first thought I want to give to us today. How do I store up treasure in heaven? It starts here. I have to first see myself as a steward and not an owner. A, a steward and not an owner. Now, what does this word steward mean? Because it's not a word like we use a whole lot. You probably haven't used it already this morning. Uh, the word steward simply means okay, someone who is managing or taking care of something that does not belong to them. So anytime I think of this principle of, of stewardship, I, uh, my mind always goes to a couple different times that I let a friend uh, borrow my car. So two different friends, two different times I let them borrow a car. The first was just a couple of years ago, actually. Uh, a friend of mine and his daughter, they were going to be visiting like Toronto, Niagara Falls. They flew into Buffalo. And so I said, hey, don't worry about renting a car. Like, just, just, just use ours. And they did. And after that week, like, they brought it back. And I was amazed. Like, they filled up the gas tank. I mean, they vacuumed the inside. They washed the outside. Like, every, they were speaking my love language. They didn't even know. Because I believe this, that when the car is clean, there is less stress in life. How many of you agree, like, with, with that? Some of you are like, I hope you don't see my car after the service today. But, but they stewarded the opportunity well, right? Like, they, they, they took care of it. And here's the deal. Like, I would trust them to borrow my car, my house, like, whatever. Now, contrast that to a different time. I let a different friend borrow my car. Uh, this was actually in college. How many of you know that's a bad start like to that right there? This person was actually a teammate of mine. I played basketball in college, and he was not the most trustworthy person whatsoever. In fact, I don't even remember telling him he could borrow my car. <laughs> but he took it and left. And like just, just a few moments after that, another friend kind of ran back and told me, he said, hey, Monty just drove your car in a stop sign. Now, to be clear, like, no alcohol was involved, okay, nobody got hurt, but he did indeed crash my car into a stop sign, and to make matters worse, he freaked out and ran away. <laughs> Came back about 30 minutes later, told me what happened. He still owes me money for the repair. I don't think I'm seeing that. It was a long time ago. But again, contrast those two different times. Like, one friend stewarded the opportunity, what, cleaned it, filled it up with gas, washed it, took care of it, the other crashed it. <laughs> One friend, I would trust him, like to borrow, right, my car, my house, whatever. The other never borrowed my car again. So here's a question I'd love for us to think about today. And I'm not just talking about our finances, but as we think about our time, our energy, our resources, the gifts God has given us, everything that we have in our lives. Here's the question. You don't have to answer out loud. You don't have to tell a neighbor. Just think about it. Are we seeing ourselves as owners are stewards. Are we seeing it as like, this is all mine, I earned it, I deserve it, I'm entitled to it, like it is mine, or are we seeing it as say, God has entrusted me with this so that I can steward it well? I'll show you an interaction where Jesus kind of spoke to this in the gospel of, uh, in the gospel of Luke, in chapter 18, right? This Young, rich guy comes to Jesus and is like, hey, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus is like, follow all the commandments. He's like, hey, I'm doing this. But he still knew that he was missing something. And see, we see this interaction in verse 22. It starts and it says, when Jesus heard his answer, he said, there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell your possessions, give the money to the poor, and then you will have, here's our phrase, treasure in heaven. And then come then come and follow me. Let me stop there for just a moment. The reason Jesus asked this individual man to do this is because Jesus knew that for this guy, possessions, wealth, money, all the riches of this world, Jesus knew that it had his heart's 
devotion. It had his obsession. What is God ultimately after? He's after our hearts. He knows this guy. Like his heart was wrapped up into different things. So he gives him this challenge and it continues in verse 23. It says, but when the man heard this, he became very sad. Why? For he was very, he was very rich. I can imagine this guy thinking, hold up, like this is all mine. I earned it. I deserve it. I worked for it. Like, I'm not a steward, I'm, a, I'm an owner of some of this. And it continues, and when Jesus saw this, he said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, which I think is pretty difficult, <laughs> than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, what is Jesus saying here? Does it mean like he likes people who have less resources better than those who have more? Hey, that's not the heart of what Jesus is saying. Again, He's after our hearts. He's after our perspective and how we're seeing the things that we have, like in this temporary living, living situation called, called life. He's, he's after our hearts. That, that other scripture, okay, uh, Jesus didn't say, like, it's difficult to serve two masters, but you can do it if you really try. He says, you can't, because one will have your devotion, and the other will get the leftovers. Now, can I give us some good news today, Redemption Church? Our God is a God of abundance. He does not have a scarcity mindset. So when we steward well what he has entrusted to us, okay, he trusts us with even more. But the simple question for us today is to just ask, am I seeing myself as a steward or an owner? This is where it starts, that, that mindset, stewardship. Ownership, how are we seeing it? Let me give you the second thought to treasure in heaven. And it's simply this, that we have to learn to be intentional with generosity. To be intentional with generosity. So I was just sharing a little story or whatever about like letting two different friends borrow my car. Uh, it's interesting, a couple of weeks ago, my family and I, we were down in Florida. And um, my wife and I, we had to be there for like a conference. We brought our daughters and our daughters were staying with Rebecca's sister, my wife, Rebecca, uh, staying with her sister. She lives in Jacksonville. And so when we went there, her sister was like, hey, don't worry about renting a car for the week. You can just, you can just borrow mine. And uh, you're thinking, like, what's the big deal? Like, she let you borrow her car. Who cares? Well, here's the big deal, okay? It is a newer Corvette. How many of you know that's a big deal, all right? Like, and I was like, all right. Like, she's actually, she's going to let us use that for the week? Like, and that thing was fun to drive. And I had to tell her, hey, so, her name's Joanna. I said, Joanna, don't worry. I, I see myself as a steward, and I'm going to steward well what you've, I didn't say all that. In fact, it was kind of funny. We didn't say this or anything, and she didn't like make me sign a contract, but I remember making a promise, like, like you cannot let anything happen to this car. I made the promise to my own bank account, right? You cannot let anything happen. <laughs> to this car, and I'm happy to report, like nothing happened, we didn't wreck it, okay, just a few close calls, no one needs to know about, um, and we returned it, but, but here's the deal, like if, if, if I were to let you borrow my car, that wouldn't really be a big deal because it's not a new Corvette, but for Joanna, like it took some intentional generosity to let us borrow that, and can I say this today, Redemption Church, did you know, did you know that our God is a generous God? For God so loved the world that he, he gave his only son. He's a generous God. And even Jesus, as he lived his life serving people and investing in people and giving of himself, he models generosity. And so, generosity. And so it makes sense why he would call his followers 
to live generous lives as well. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says this, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, let me stop there for just a moment, that doesn't mean that when Jesus walked the earth, that he lived in luxury, right? Quite the opposite. Here's what that verse means. Though he was rich, meaning he was God in the flesh. He didn't have to come to earth. He didn't have to serve people. He didn't have to give his life, but he, he did. Though he was rich, it continues and says this. He became what? He became poor for our sakes. So that by his poverty, he could make us rich. What's going on here? Okay, Jesus makes himself poor. He humbles himself. He empties himself to the point of crucifixion on a cross. He becomes poor for our sake. And now today, through faith in him, we get to live in the true riches of eternity. For our sakes, he became poor. And I think about thinking about intentional and generosity. I think about just the ways that as a church you have uh, and are living this out. I think about the ways that even in your community, doing different things to, 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 to fight against food insecurity and, and providing a relief for uh, serving even refugees in your community. I think about the different mission things you're involved in across the world, helping uh, to battle against poverty and some of the hope centers that you're investing in. And through your financial giving, a portion of that helps to start other churches around the nation through ARC. I think about the Serve Day coming up this Saturday. Man, what an opportunity. What an opportunity to be intentional with generosity because this doesn't have to just do with our finances, but our time, our energy, our abilities. What an opportunity to just serve, to just show Jesus to our community, to be intentional with generosity. By the way, even with financial giving, like this is the heart of it, right? Like our financial giving, yes, it helps to meet some needs that the church has, but then we get to be a part of some of these different things to impact other people. Beyond the walls, right? Beyond the walls of just the church. I think about the principle of tithing, which is right, returning to God the first 10% of what he's blessed us with. You know, the, the heart of that, the heart of giving, it, it is not about just dollars and cents. It's not a transaction. It's something we all, it's, it, it's, it's not about dollars and cents. It's a matter of our heart, right? It's, and it's not even giving. It's certainly not paying. It's returning what belongs to God, stewarding well what he's given us. The Apostle Paul, speaking to a church in Corinth, talking about financial giving in this specific incident or uh, example here, he says this, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get what? They will get a generous crop, okay? And especially when it's starting to rain and like pouring like on the roof of the building and all that. And rains come, generous crop, right? If you ever heard of the phrase, uh, you reap what you sow, this is where this comes from. Continues, says, you must, must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. I love that. Like, hey, we don't give because like, don't let it be about like a pastor making you feel guilty or you see a commercial that makes you cry. Okay, like, like hey, hey, no, we, we, we don't give reluctantly. We don't give in response to pressure. It says, for God loves a person who gives what? Who gives cheerfully. And here's the good news. And God will generously provide all that you want. And say want, right? but all that you need. And you'll have, have, 
everything that you need and plenty to left over, plenty left over to share with others. How do I store up treasure in heaven? Now, let me say this, like, before we go on to the last point, how, how does this like, treasure in heaven, like, how, how does this work? Is this like a point system? <laughs> like, if you're nice to somebody, that's one treasure in heaven. If you buy them dinner, it's three. You go on a mission trip, it's got to be like 100 points in heaven. <laughs> like, how do you yell at someone in traffic, it's negative 50. Like, I mean, how does this, some of you are starting at negative 50 today. I can feel it. <laughs> but, like, how, how does this work? Is this like a point, like treasure in it? Let me make it simple. Let me make it simple. Anything we do, anything we do that seeks to honor God and bless others, we can be sure that our heavenly father sees it and it's treasure that lasts. It may be when you're at work and a coworker is, you know, struggling with something. You're the person there to just listen while everyone else walks away or talks about them or like you're there to listen, show the light of Jesus. I know this is, we're not doing it with the motivation to try to get rewards in heaven, but hey, that's something that God sees. Maybe you're a student it's someone at school or another friend of yours and the same, you're just trying to show the love of Jesus to them. Anything we do that seeks to honor God and bless others, we can be sure our heavenly father sees it. It's treasure that, that lasts, amen? How do we store up treasure in heaven? We gotta see ourselves as stewards, not owners. Be intentional with generosity. And one more thought I want to give to us today is simply this, that, 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 that we can learn to, to shift our focus to live with an eternal perspective. An eternal perspective. Now, I'll be honest with you guys. Like, even this week in preparing for today, <laughs> I was really challenged by this point right here because if I'm honest, it was like, I don't feel like I'm doing a good job with this because it's so easy to just be focused on the here and now and we all have responsibilities, we're all busy, we all have things happening, and listen, they're important. We can't neglect our responsibilities. This life does matter in how we live our lives. But I just, I, I just know for me, like God, it's been, like, it, it's been too long since I've really had like the eternal perspective that you've called me to when it comes to how I'm navigating things like resources and time and energy and things like that. Too focused on that one-year apartment not focused enough on what will be our forever home. So think about this phrase for just a moment. I know this will be a phrase that we're probably all familiar with, means different things to different people, but the phrase is this, the American dream. The American dream. Now that phrase means different things to different people, but for a long time it kind of meant, right, hey, you get like go to school, get a job, make, make money, okay, maybe get married, have 2.3 kids, <laughs> of a house with like a white picket fence and a dog. And like when you retire one day, surely I should have enough to just enjoy and do whatever I want until, until I die. The American, the American dream. And not only do many pursue it, right? A lot of people think they're entitled to it. Now, let me say it again. Nothing wrong with money. Nothing wrong with earning money. Nothing wrong with wanting to earn more. Nothing wrong with saving for retirement or for the future. That's a wise thing, okay? Nothing wrong with some of the things. And how many of you know that nothing wrong with a dog? Like, like we're okay with that. <laughs> but let me challenge those of us who are here today in the room, those joining online, for those who are Jesus followers. Can I challenge us with something today? We've not been called to pursue the American dream. We've been called to pursue the kingdom of God. Not me first, 
but to seek first the kingdom of God, but to seek him and his righteousness. And when I live in, in, in that zone, when I live with that mindset, the great news is that Jesus promised then to take care of everything that we'll need, to seek first the kingdom of God. This is to be the pursuit of our lives. I want us to see one more interaction that Jesus had with somebody. And in this interaction, this is somebody who, 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 who clearly had some wealth uh, as well. And it's, in, in verse 13, we see this in Luke chapter 12. It says this, someone called from the crowd. Jesus is there teaching a number of people. I said, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. And Jesus is like, I don't, don't, don't throw me into this. Like, I don't want anything to do with this situation. And he replies in verse 14, so, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? And then Jesus said to others who were listening, following, he said, beware, guard against every, every kind of greed because life is not measured by how much you own. And Jesus went on to tell a parable about this man who was like, you know, making a lot of money and like the bank account was, was growing and the profits were rolling in and he decided, you know what? I'm gonna get rid of some of like these smaller barns where I'm storing all of my, I'm gonna build bigger ones. Like forget generosity, forget giving to God, forget blessing others. Like I'm just gonna, give, it's all mine. Like I've, I've, I deserve it. I'm entitled to it. I own it. I'm gonna build these bigger barns. Eat, drink, be merry until I die. And Jesus continues. Verse 20 says this, but God said to him, you fool, you'll die this very night. Then, we'll, then, then who will get everything that you worked for? And Jesus says this, yeah, a, a person is a, is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich, rich relationship with God. Again, notice he doesn't say there's anything wrong or, evil with like earthly wealth, but he uses some strong words, right? Calls, calls me foolish if I'm only focused on that and not focused on a right relationship with our heavenly father. Now in that passage, Jesus kind of switches a little bit, doesn't he? Away from just possessions and even generosity. And he starts to talk about a relationship with God. He says, hey, let's not get trapped just into the thinking and just the pace of life where it's just only about the here and now. Let's remember this one-year apartment living situation, so to speak, is temporary. But there is an eternal home where we'll be. And he talks about having a rich relationship with God. And the truth is this, like, I wouldn't be doing my job today, like, if I didn't put that out here right for us to think about today, just an eternal perspective. And again, I'm as guilty as anybody. It's so hard to forget this at times, or so easy rather. We just start going and things happening. Some of us have things happening like an hour after the service. How's that gonna happen and this? Like it is so easy. But we gotta have moments where we kind of pull back, don't we? And just think about the eternal perspective. And Jesus says so many times, like about this very thing. And aren't you thankful again today that God is a generous God, that he's, that he's made a way for us to have a rich relationship with him. And the truth is this, like we talk about eternity today, like I hope you know my heart. I am not trying to scare us, but I am trying to prepare us. To not just be focused on the temporary, but 
the eternal. So I realize perhaps many of us today, like we've said yes to faith in Jesus, we would call ourselves a follower of his. Maybe today is an opportunity for us to just make some room. Allow God to speak to our hearts. God, what are you showing me? Is it about seeing myself just as a steward of what I have, not an owner? Maybe intentional with generosity in this area because how many of you know if we're not intentional with generosity it probably won't happen <laughs> it gets to shift my focus on an eternal perspective maybe for some of us today hey maybe we're thinking mark i don't like relationship with god being made right with god like how does that happen okay through faith and the life death and resurrection of jesus and with that faith commitment today we can have the assurance of sins forgiven and in eternity an eternity that's in the hands of our good heavenly father. So here's a question. Just love for us to think about maybe later today or even sometime this week, perhaps. And as we think about our lives, here's the question I have for us. Are we, are we only focused on accumulating on earth what we ultimately can't keep? Or are, are we also focused on investing in heaven what we cannot lose. Jesus said, right, when we seek to live our lives, the treasure in heaven, whether that's just encouraging somebody else or serving like a neighbor in a small way or somebody at work, or maybe it's giving, maybe it's at serve day, okay, just all these different ways. And again, we don't do it for the motivation, like uh, Pastor Mark, I'm gonna serve at serve day because I want those five treasures in heaven. <laughs> that's not the motivation, but when we seek to honor God, we seek to bless others we can be sure that our God sees it. Our God sees it and it's stored in eternity. So just imagine this before we pray. Imagine, imagine if every follower of Jesus on the face of this earth, imagine if we all lived our lives in this way. Not just the here and now, but for eternity, I wanna honor God, I wanna bless others. Like imagine the impact. If we would just, not me first, if we just were focused on seeking the kingdom of God, imagine the impact. Imagine how the witness of Jesus' followers would change if we lived our lives in this way. Now, the truth is this, you can't control other people, I can't control other people, so ultimately, the only, the only person today that we can control with this decision is us. So what if we, what if we, Redemption Church, decide I'm gonna live my life focused on the kingdom of God and for treasure that will last, amen? I'd love to pray for us today, so pray with me. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the chance to be here today. God, we're grateful for your presence. We're thankful for your generosity in our lives, the ways that you've provided. Even for the simple needs that we often take for granted, we're thankful for your provision. Most of all, Father, we thank you for making a way for us to be restored in right relationship with you. Jesus, we're thankful for your faithfulness that when you were arrested and tried and beaten and mocked and spit upon and eventually crucified, Jesus, that you did not tap up, but you were faithful. And today you've made a way for us to be forgiven, for us to be in right relationship with you through faith. 
in your life, death, and resurrection. So today, God, whether we're making the decision for the first time to trust in you, or whether today, God, there's an area of our lives that maybe you're challenging us in, speaking to, or or showing us. God, collectively right now, we say, hey, we're making room for you. We surrender, and we make room for you to do as you will. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.